Hello and welcome to episode 81 of the Ego Child Podcast. My name is Preston Byers and as always I'm joined by my co-host Justin Binkowski and on today's episode we are discussing the fifth and final major of the 2023 CDL season which happened this past weekend in Toronto, Ontario, Canada and it was a pretty fire major to be honest. Uh, A lot of things happened. We had a lot of storylines going into it. Not all of those storylines ended up playing out how we hoped or thought they would, uh, but it was uh, an interesting event nonetheless to finish out the CDL regular season, and now we are on to champs, but not quite because we still got to go over the major, talk about uh, some of the things that happened, um, how what teams finished in the top eight and are now heading to Las Vegas in two weeks for champs, uh, but before we get to any of that, how are you doing, Bank? Doing all right. Uh, I was telling you, Taco Bell chalked my order for tonight, but uh, we got some good cards to talk about, so uh, hopefully it'll make up for it. Yeah. Um, let's get right into it. Uh, let's. I'll pull up the bracket on the screen, so if you're watching on YouTube or if you wanted to watch on Twitch uh, maybe next week, uh, twitch.tv slash podcast. I'll pull up the bracket so um, anybody watching the videos can uh, see... Who, who was doing what at the major. Uh, of course, uh, like always, this is a best of five, or excuse me, all series are best of five, but I was more saying it's a double elimination bracket. So um, the top eight teams from the qualifiers could uh, lose a match realistically and make it uh, still to the grand finals, which um, did uh, turn out to be true. In this case, as the New York subliners uh, the major one champions. They started the season with a major victory. They ended the season with a major victory. They're the only team this season to win multiple majors. Uh, we had four different major winners this season uh, with New York repeating um, with major one and major five. A really, really impressive run through the loser's bracket. Uh, three straight sweeps to start the loser's bracket and then beat the Toronto Ultra in Game 5, sweep the Minnesota Rocker, and then a best of seven that actually went to seven with Atlanta Faze. Um, Just an incredible event for the subliners who came out on top in a very contentious uh, final series against FaZe. Um, just, just your general thoughts, obviously, will go more into depth uh, with some of these specific series, but what did you think overall of the subliners after losing to Toronto in the first round to come back through the losers bracket and win the title? Yeah, I thought um, I didn't write it down in the notes or, or find the specific tweet either. But I thought, you know, obviously Thursday feels like a month ago at this point. But um, that first matchup between Toronto and New York, I thought was super close. Um, it was a hard-fought series, and I think one of the New York guys uh, ended up tweeting like they felt like they threw the series on their end and that they could have won it. So um, I just I think after that they were able to uh, you know go on a string of, of of matches against you know not necessarily the toughest teams, but um, in the context of what was on the line and how some of those teams that were playing, it was a little surprising to see them go 3-0, 3-0, 3-0 to start the loser's bracket run. Um, and then they get that rematch with Toronto and they actually win this one uh, in the end to go on to another 3-0 leading into the grand finals. Um, and the the biggest surprise for me just in the grand finals without getting too in-depth um, 
was that obviously, like you said, this was the first time it went to a, a game seven this year. The finals did, mm-hmm. um, which means that there was three search and destroys played in the finals, and we've obviously sung phases praises and search and destroy multiple times on this podcast this year. Yeah. Uh, but New York won all three search and destroys in the. Uh, the grand finals proving the age-old adage of s and d wins championships um so for new york to do that against phase who are who i i don't know if you can even say arguably they've just they've been the best search and destroy team for a majority of this year mm-hmm. um so that was really impressive in my eyes and i think the the bigger conversation uh post event too was that uh, in in my eyes and seemingly in the eyes of a lot of people in the community, Hydra has to be considered uh, the front runner for season MVP now, just because he has two titles and one individual MVP tournament MVP this year. Um, obviously, only New York players will have two titles, and Kismet, I believe, won MVP at Major One. Um, so th- this was just a, a big big tournament for ramifications. Uh, for the season overall MVP as well. Uh, Hydra played lights out all weekend, but if, you know, FaZe took this one, we were probably uh, talking about one of the FaZe guys, most likely a BZ, being the front runner for uh, MVP of the season. And some people still might argue uh, that he could be, depending on, like, the stats and whatnot. But I, I think Hydra has a leg up on everybody now just due to the fact, like I said, those two championships and the individual MVP for a tournament. Yeah, I I definitely think uh, the Hydra MVP campaign has really gotten a boost this past week. And I I think a lot of people thought, um, you know, whichever team kind of won their their second major at at Major 5 or if, like, another team won their first major, like, then that whoever won that might be, like, the MVP of this season because everything has been kind of so even. Like I said, we had four different major winners uh, coming into this event. So you could make an argument for any of those four teams' best players of like, oh, they deserve that, they deserve this. Um, I know Selium has been kind of a candidate like just throughout the season because he had such a strong beginning of the year. Um, but New York had been kind of like, uh, not like bad or anything, but definitely not among the elite teams. Like we ha- we weren't really talking a lot about them heading into this major. We haven't really been talking a lot about Hydra, at least us. You know, I'm not really saying like the community as a whole, but w- you know, we maybe that's a blind spot for us that we weren't talking a ton about Hydra in New York uh, coming into this because they had been good but not great. They hadn't really done anything exceptional over the past few months. Um, they had seemed to kind of been capped out like they didn't seem to be able to get over the hump um, and beat some of like the best teams consistently so that's not the so they weren't really on my radar um, coming in but they proved me wrong they proved a lot of people wrong Um, I did pick them to win the major final but I didn't see the S&D thing coming like at all like I knew that the majority or not the majority but the plurality of the best of seven is snd three of the seven maps are search and destroy in the grand finals of these majors and i knew that phase was a better search and destroy team or i thought that they were 
but I figured that the respawn would actually be what would swing it in New York's favor, uh, particularly hard point and, you know, control was kind of hit or miss with phase. I figured, oh, okay, like we'll, we'll get a respawn heavy series from New York phase will win some of those S and D's. And then maybe if New York can steal a search, uh, and just pick up those respawns, that could be the difference. It turned out that was like not the case at all. Um, and that's shocking to me, um, in, in all honesty, like phase split the hard points. Um, they, uh, phase won both of the controls, but then they lose six, two in the first search. They lose around 11 on LSEO in map five. And then they lose the last map six, three on Mercado. And honestly, six, three seems like pretty close because that map was very much in favor of New York. Like, they dominated... They're up 5-1. Yeah, like, they kind of co costed a few maps and uh, or a few rounds, but it was a, a very one-sided search, and it was kind of shocking to see, in all honesty. Um, but, yeah, a lot of credit to New York. Like, this is an incredible run. Um, they definitely helped their, their standing or their seating as well. Uh, they jumped Toronto. Uh, I believe they were actually, they might've jumped LAT and Toronto at this event. Um, because I'm trying to think of, so they got 65 points, Toronto got 30, LAT got 20. So they were, I believe that, yeah. So I think they jumped LAT and Toronto, for the third seed, they were in fifth, uh, which means that they would have probably played um, like LAT at that point. Uh, but now they're you get, they have a much more favorable first round matchup for winners or for the winners bracket of uh, champs, which is you know it can't be understated uh, or, or overstated that that is a gigantic advantage to avoid LAT or avoid Toronto in round one and get a you know, a Minnesota is, is their matchup. So, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to the champ stuff probably more next week. Um, we'll touch on it a little bit, um, you know, today, but we don't, you know, we have a, a lot to cover with major five and we'll focus more on that. And we have a, a few weeks before we get to, uh, the champs event and we get to really talk about that kind of stuff. Um, where do you want to go next? Do you want to, we, we've kind of talked a, a little bit about New York phase in the grand finals, anything specifically that, you know, ca um, jumped out to you that caught your eye as you were watching major five this weekend. I, I think it just needs to be stated how strong phase looked in their mm -hmm. uh, matches before the grand finals, literally a nine and one map count. Um, you know, we kind of touched on it last week, how, uh, Vegas kind of got the short end of the stick with the bracket draw, and uh, even given their current form and online play and stuff, maybe we weren't necessarily necessarily looking at an absolute 3-0 schlacking, but mm -hmm. uh, that's what FaZe delivered. And, you know, then they, they come out and beat the home team in, in front of their fans uh, pretty convincingly in that series as well. And then um, the, the hard points were close, and it was a 6-5 in the search that... Uh, uh, Toronto won, but the the 3-0 in the control is what stuck out to me. Just we've we've talked about control, not necessarily. You know, we talked about respawn with phase and all that stuff, but I think control wasn't necessarily a great mode for them either. But they they had some uh, some flashes of control brilliance throughout uh, this weekend. They had a 3-0 against Rocker. Um, 
Where would their match again? It was a three-one against Vegas, so they they went nine and one in control rounds too before the grand finals. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did win both controls in the grand finals as well, three ones and three two. So uh, that's of note that you know good time to be figuring that out. But obviously, you know the 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 bigger storyline for Phase, despite how strong they played leading up to the grand finals, uh, is just the fact they lost three searches too. New York in the finals there. Um, and I will just before we, we start going to other teams too, it, it should be stated that I think Nameless was being a, a, a strong pioneer of the desk of this potentially being the greatest loser's bracket run uh, of all time before this, uh, bef- before the grand finals match. Uh, New York had five wins and four of them were three O's. Like it was just a pretty dominant run. Um, you think about earlier this year too that Thieves had a strong loser record run from round one, but they weren't able to get the job done in the grand finals. So, um, and I know the LAG did it last year. Um, I believe it was from round one in loser bracket. I just don't remember the uh, the round counts, but I know they won a lot of searches, so there might have been some three twos in there as well. Um, nonetheless, this is just a really impressive run out of New York, and I wanted to emphasize that that it was very dominant. And even though, you know, in both cases, we outside New York obviously lost three maps in the first round. Um, so even if you count that, they had what a fifth, seventeen and five map count going into the grand finals 15 Mm. and two in losers bracket um and then phase was nine and one map count going into grand finals so it's just a a, a collision course of two teams that were playing some really good call of duty um and that showed in the end product that it was just a really hard fought uh grand finals and you know i wouldn't mind seeing another showdown between these squads at champs if that's how the bracket works out yeah uh so lag was seven and one in search in their five loser bracket matches at last year's major two um and then they they beat phase five two in the grand final as well um but as far as phase goes and you know uh, I'll, I'll speak on phase first before i talk about new york's loser bracket run but uh phase yeah just super dominant i know that we talked about last week how like the lower half of the winner's bracket was kind of like very tough because you had phase toronto and new york and you you didn't know exactly what uh, Vegas was going to bring if they were you know on their best game. It could be a really tough you know kind of four team group essentially. Whereas you looked at the top and you're like, well, optics you know definitely going to roll through these these teams like Florida, Boston, Minnesota. Like optic has a much easier path to winners finals. Whereas someone like Phase, they have a very tough path. Uh, to get to winners finals and it just turned out to be the complete opposite or at least phase made it seem that like the complete opposite because they rolled through vegas they beat toronto um they rolled through minnesota um and you know and their their search was you know not great obviously in the grand final but i don't know how much can be taken away from that as like you know that they're they're weak or anything in that game mode because they were two and one in it uh heading into the grand final um in the first three matches obviously you don't get to play a ton of snd if you keep 3-0ing and 3-1ing teams but um you know the control and in the hard point to a degree was impressive uh from phase that they were able to win those they were 4-0 in hard point and 3-0 in control heading into the grand final at major five but 
you know, they obviously didn't have as strong or as perfect of a run in the grand final. Um, as far as New York, I, I mean, I think the, uh, the LAG losers bracket run was probably more improbable. It seemed more ridiculous that they were able to do that because I believe that was Sparts first event with LAG and it just seemed like how how does this team of all of these teams make this run um whereas New York I think you know they they wouldn't be your first pick to make that type of run but they're still a very talented team they won a major they're they've been one of the top 4 or 5 teams all season long uh, so it's not as ridiculous as LAG, and I, I think it looks more ridiculous the LAG run in hindsight because they were awful after that. Like they were, I, I think I said they were like the worst team or the second worst team behind Paris uh, after that tournament, and it just kind of went to crap as soon as they they left that major. Um, but yeah, it, it's still as a crazy. The Volk got GA'd. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> but Spar still got his bag and. And RCD's got his bag uh, in the offseason. So, you know, whatever. And Slasher ended up on phase. So it, it all ended up uh, working out. Um, Except for LAG. <laughs> yeah. Um, things have not been great for them this season. Um, but, yeah, like I think it, it it's up there as far as loser bracket runs go. I, I can't really think of any loser bracket runs off the top of my head before the CDL except for, like, 100 Thieves at Champs, I think, one year. Um and that's the the first Black one that comes four. to my mind is uh, um, Team Envy at uh, Ghost Champs. They oh, they yeah. made it from record round one, I believe, the the finals. But even they lost and a uh, hundred thieves in that in that comeback. You were talking about it at Black Ops Four Champs. They ended up losing to United. So mm-hmm. there's been a lot of really good uh, losers bracket runs that uh, didn't actually fully realize. Um, there was one. I think it was. CWL Seattle, which would have been Rise Nation, they um they won two best of fives coming from the loser bracket round one to win the tournament. Um I would have to look at what their map count was, but that one does jump to mind too, because that was Slasher vs. Aches back in World War Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean it's there aren't a lot of like there are more like, oh that was a good losers bracket run, but yeah. A lot of times they fall short. I mean, traditional sports, we just saw the Celtics come back from 3-0 and then lose in Game 7. That's kind of a pretty apt comparison to COD where a lot of these teams are able to make it to grand finals or get close, but they they can't get over the hump. And, you know, it's in, in past years, it would have been an advantage for the winner's bracket team. Like, you would only have to win one best of five versus uh, the loser's bracket team would have to win two. We don't have that in the CDL, so it's... Um, it's a little more realistic to make it, but it still hasn't happened very often. Uh, and New York, you know, being, it, it just, they had a really tough road. Um, you know, like the, let's just go through their losers bracket real quick. Like they three O L A G like, you know, kind of, uh, pretty obvious. Like everyone knew that, or everyone thought that the loser of Toronto and New York dropping down to play LAG, that was in like an automatic W for whoever lost. Um, then they played Vegas. I mean, they tore our hearts out. We'll talk about it. But mm-hmm. um, they 3 0 Vegas, which is still impressive considering Vegas had beaten them in the qualifiers uh, just before this major. They 3 0 Florida. You're not like 
super surprising, but Florida did 3-0 optic, so it's it, it's you know it's still a, a very good win. The Toronto one is is the most impressive in my mind, at least in the losers bracket. They had lost to Toronto 3-2 in winners bracket round one, and then they come back and they beat Toronto 3-2 in the losers bracket semis um to to get to losers uh, bracket finals and to get to final th- uh to the top three uh they beat minnesota they sweep them 3-0 um which you know i don't think either one of us were very surprised uh at that result especially with how well uh, new york had been playing to that point and then they won uh 4-3 in the grand finals um yeah just overall just an incredible losers bracket run i i think it's easy to say like, oh, that's the greatest loser's bracket run of all time, you know, in the moment because it's kind of recency bias. You're just thinking like there aren't that many and they did it. They won. You know, it's it's a pretty rare thing, um, but it's definitely one of the best. And, you know, it, it came at the perfect time. We talked about it with uh, LAT last season. When you turn up and you're at your best at the very end of the regular season heading into champs that is the perfect time to be at your best because this is you know this event coming up is the most important of the season the most it, it might be the most important event of some of these guys lives um and they're they could change their lives change their careers with a win in two weeks um and they're playing you know incredible call of duty at the right time and you know kudos to them um i also just think like new york in general like this team had so much drama after (laughs) last season for them to have you know one of the best regular seasons be the only two-time major champions uh this season is really a testament to like what they built there um you know hydra obviously was at the center of like you know whatever controversy i don't it it might be overblown to say it's a controversy but just like kind of drama uh, he was at the end, uh, the center of that at the end of last season. Um, D-Real, the coach, was kind of at the center of that drama as well. Um, they kept Kismet, and I think I, the more I watched Kismet this weekend, I was like, this guy might be one of the smartest COD players in the world. Like his position, his map positioning is like incredible. He seems to know what to do like every single time. Um, and I don't think like that's going to show up on a stat sheet and I don't think he's going to be, you know, who people think of all the time about like, oh, who's a really good COD player, but, um, their success is kind of like tied to him, right? Because they weren't a, a very good team before he came to line up last season and then they became one of the better teams in the league. And this season they've been in the top five all season long and now have two major championships to the, uh, to their credit, um yeah i just a lot of credit and i i think it's it's weird too because we talked about it last week but they used wardy as their sub for their last regular season match and we were kind of talking about like like what are the benefits kind of the pros and cons or like was that the right move i mean it it turned out like it didn't actually matter like it just was is basically load management essentially they they pulled it off they did everything right um you know if you're playing by the results so uh credit to them um yeah i we talked about phase we talked about new york uh, let's talk about minnesota a little bit just because they did finish third um i am admittedly not as like over the moon about their result it was the result that they needed um they they did everything they could to make champs and they did that. So like all credit to them uh, because they were 
in jeopardy, especially if they had dropped to Boston in round one. Um, we saw how how well London, if you want to say Boston, played poorly as well. But London ended up winning that loser's bracket uh, round one match that I thought was like an automatic W for whoever dropped down. So like it's realistic that Minnesota could have lost to them and then everything could have went to crap for, for them, especially with Vegas winning. Um, but Minnesota ended up getting top three at a major where not a lot of people would have predicted them to even get top four. Uh, they beat Boston 3-2 in round one. Then they swept Florida. Uh, and then they got swept by FaZe and then got swept by New York. Still really impressive, but I also think like it's more of a a top three of the moment or you know by circumstance not really on like merit so much Uh, i don't think they were one of the best three teams at this major Uh, i don't think they're one of the best three teams heading into champs but it they're in a better shot or a better position now than they were uh heading into uh into toronto so you know credit to them uh what do you think of minnesota yeah I'm, i'm right there with you i think you know uh can't really discredit them. They they beat the teams put in front of them, and they lost to the teams that made it to the finals um, when they didn't win. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's kind of weird to think about it that they actually came in third because, like you said, I definitely don't think they're the third-best team in the game right now. I don't think they I, – I would be surprised if they get third again at, at champs. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, like you said, kudos to them, especially, you know, going up against Boston. That was a big win for them in terms of, like, the uh, – the points between them and, and kind of solidifying themselves for champs. And then, uh, you know, they, they play a Florida team that, you know, we'll talk about Optic later, but Florida coming off a massive upset against Optic. Um, this this was basically Florida's champs because they're they're not going to champs. That's their yeah. last tournament. So they were playing with nothing to lose. Rocker kind of didn't really have anything to lose at that point because they had qualified the champs with the win uh, against Boston, I believe. Yeah. Um. So that could have been a dangerous match, but they came out and took care of business there, which was good to see. But then again, that you know they get three would by Phase, three would by New York, which are the two finalists. But not even winning a map there, uh, kind of just puts them in that that place in my mind where it's like, okay, yeah, they they got third. Congrats, that's a great placing, and uh, you know you get some some nice paydays from this major. But uh, I would be surprised too if if we see a similar run out of them at champs, especially just based on the caliber the team because they i mean obviously they they could play boston again but um they won't have a chance to play against a team like florida so um and i i think major kudos to attach and just the minnesota camp in general uh they made this last second change replacing a guy like afro who has superstar potential i was very skeptical of just how the change would work Mm -hmm. um I admittedly didn't know much about fame from challengers even when beforehand when they signed him, but I saw a lot of stuff on TL. I felt like um, that he was more of a, a, a more aggressive sub player and challengers before being brought up to um, the rocker main roster. So, 
this move to get attached back in the lineup kind of like unleashed fame, if you want to say that. And I felt like I saw some uh, positive plays out of him with a sub in his hand. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I just think in general, this is a really good result for the Rocker, just, you know, in terms of everything going on and especially uh, making a very late change and not being able to practice with this set of four, all that, yada, yada. But uh, end of the day, I, I think... Um, unless they just continue to get better over this little break period, I'd be very surprised to see them end the season with another top three finish. Yeah, I think the most impressive part about Minnesota was the the qualifiers because beating Toronto and LAT in the qualifiers was like huge for them. I can't be like overstated how big of the wins those were, even if LAT were you know like not at their best and or you're not playing their best. You know, it's nothing Minnesota can do about that, but winning those two matches regardless of um you know the caliber or kind of the state of those teams like that that's huge because that pretty much gave them the buffer that they needed to uh to kind of pull away from Vegas get into winner's bracket and uh, ultimately beat Boston and secure their spot at champs uh so you know fair fair play to Minnesota uh congrats you know they barely missed out on champs last season that was a very disappointing result for them um and it didn't happen again they were able to get the sixth seed which is a lot better than i i thought they would considering they have been an eighth for like the past month and a half and kind of been just clinging on to eighth for pretty much that entire time um next we have toronto finished top four they were definitely like the the third best team at this major they obviously beat new york who ended up winning uh, the major, they lose to New York in the loser's bracket, 3-2. Uh, they, they lost to FaZe, um, the other grand finalist in the winner's semis, 3-1. Uh, so when you, you know, when you split series with the eventual champions, you lose uh, in four to uh, the other grand finalist. I think that's uh, a pretty fair assumption that you were a very, very tough opponent um, at this major. They ended up beating LAT in the loser's bracket 3-0, um, which was uh, uh, not like surprising, but I was not expecting that 3-0, especially since LAT had 3-0'd Optic, then 3-0'd London, and they had some momentum building. LAT has been known to have some of these very strong loser bracket runs, and I was a little concerned for Toronto that it might it happen again, uh, but you know they shut it down really quick, and it was a, a pretty um, controlled win from them. Uh, your thoughts on Toronto, who I believe are now the four seed and will have a rematch with LAT at Champs. Yeah, uh, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I'm, that that match immediately when I saw the Champs bracket just immediately jumped out to me. Uh, that should be a good first round one. Um, but it is a little weird just because of the way the bracket worked out here that T Toronto technically went uh, two and two at the tournament and yeah. they would have, you know, a five and five map count against New York um, and then four and three against FaZe and, and LA Thieves. So um, pretty close to 500 map count and obviously a two and two record in series count. Um, but like you said, I really did feel like, you know, saying they were the third best team at, at this tournament probably isn't too much of an overstatement. Um, and I think that really, in, in my mind, at least boils down to how they played against New York and just the, I, I wrote it down, uh, in the notes, even before New York won, 
the whole thing that I thought it was really interesting how close both series were uh, between Toronto and New York. The fact they were both three twos, uh, each team, you know, winning one or the other. So five and five map count against each other at this tournament. Um, and again, you know, we've talked about the game and stuff like that multiple times. It could come down to the nature of the game, but I just really think it's a testament to uh, the talent on both teams and just, uh, you know, and any team can kind of win on it any day if they're firing on all cylinders. Um, but I was just really, you know, I don't think surprise is the right word, but I, I really did like to see um, just how competitive that matchup was and the fact we got to see it twice. Um, I probably wouldn't have the same mindset if, you know, even if New York, like, well, if New York 3-0'd Toronto in the loser bracket, that would have been 12 straight maps for them, so that would have kind of just been, like, mind-blowing. Um, but, you know, if it wasn't a 3-2 the second time around, I maybe wouldn't have the same mindset on, on the closeness of the two teams. But I just think um, it, that that really did open some eyes for me. And I, I, I would love to see another showdown between them at Champs. Yeah, I so their, their head-to-head Toronto and New York, um, before the major, Toronto was 3-1 and one against New York uh, with the only loss, coincidentally... Uh, of Toronto's coming in Major 1. So Toronto's eliminated from Major 1 by New York in a 3-2 series. Um, and it ends up being the same here as well, uh, where New York eliminates Toronto 3-2. Uh, but still, Toronto 4-2 and two on the season against New York. Uh, but I, I think they're 1-2 and two or maybe 2-2, two and two, I believe, uh, at the Majors. So it's it's kind of hard to, to see, you know, like they seem to be pretty even uh, across the board. Um, Toronto has the advantage in all of the game modes, uh, but um, it's been they're six and five in hardpoint, five and four in search, and then they're five and one in control. So like that seems to be the game mode that they have the advantage. But that's still a pretty much fifty fifty at that point. Um, you know, if you're splitting hard points, you're splitting searches, it, it can go either way. And I think we we deserve another New York-Toronto uh, series at Champs. It's going to be more difficult because they're like on opposite sides of the bracket as the 4-5 uh, or as the 4 for Toronto. And then you have the third seed, uh, New York. You know, they're not you know going to match up in round two if they win. So they'd have to get to the winner's finals to or, or meet in the loser's bracket. Uh, to meet again, but I think we deserve that. It would be a really great way to end the season to have two of those teams uh, play each other. Um, but yeah, I I think Toronto, I, I I think I picked them to win this major, if I'm not mistaken, um, as my non-optic pick, of course, um, which, you know, uh, the our a lot of the commentary we had last week has just like been <laughs> thrown out the window and it looks really stupid in hindsight but um i, I think it's time we just talk about yeah. it Greenwall, please cover your ears um it <laughs> you were covering your eyes for most of major five or, or not most because they were out pretty quickly but um optic texas the prohibitive favorites to win major five the runners-up of Major 3 and Major 4, a team that went undefeated in the Major 4 and Major 5 qualifiers. They were on track to uh, take away Atlanta Phase's number one seed heading into champs with a good result here. And it 
just crumbled. The green wall in absolute shambles after a tumultuous uh, weekend in Toronto. Um, they played the Florida Mutineers, who I remind you, not qualified for champs. They were mathematically eliminated when Toronto, uh, this Toronto major kicked off. That did not matter to either team, apparently, because the Florida Mutineers wiped them off the face of the earth, pretty much. It was very one-sided. The Florida Mutineers won 3-0, dropping Optic to the loser's bracket, which I, I just briefly mentioned last week, how we had the very slim possibility that we would get Optic versus LAT in the loser's <laughs> bracket round one. I thought it was very, very, very slim because Optic, I thought, would easily beat Florida and then we'd get Florida LAT, a pretty nothing match in Losers Round 1. Turns out Optic LAT, the HBR Classic, meets again in Losers Round 1 and it was very one-sided once again. LAT sweeps Optic, knocking them out of the tournament with zero match wins, zero map wins, zero CDL points, and completely halts Optic's momentum as we head into the most important tournament of the season. Uh, Bink, what did you, you know, in, in the Binkowski household, how, how stunned were you watching Optic lose this weekend? Oh, completely mind blown for lack of a better term. You know, the, the nameless gif where he's just like, <laughs> like that, that's what immediately comes to mind. Um, I, I think it should be mentioned just because we haven't talked about it, that, uh, karma was basically announced as a coach yeah. for optic heading in on, on the actual first day of the tournament. They did, I, I think it was like a process or a docuseries video, um, that kind of just like teased him. Uh, that's something we've heard about, heard rumblings of, and I think Hex even did a, a eavesdrop podcast with Karma talking about him potentially helping out. Um, and now it's official, but I do want to say, just preface that there is absolutely no way that, that Karma could have come in and, and done anything to cause this result at Major 5. Like, I would just refuse to believe that it, anything like that is possible to have a team go from dominating online 5-0 to not winning a map at a Major because of a coach. So I just want to get that out of the way. There's just no shot that happened. Yeah. Um, but it is worth mentioning that... Um, he did officially join. We don't know for sure, like how long behind the scenes he was helping leading up to this. So that's another element that you know you can't really judge. Um, but I am extremely interested to see what he is able to do now, especially based on how they performed at this major to uh, try to turn things around heading into champs. Because like you said, just all momentum is halted. They looked so good in the last couple of online stages and even at the last two majors because they made it to the grand finals they just weren't able to lift the trophy at the end um so this is a co just a completely surprising result uh you know florida historically now i believe according to breaking point florida's five and two versus optic on land since vanguard mm -hmm. um there have been memes and jokes about florida but like that really puts it into context it was like kind of just unbelievable um Especially when you take into consideration how good both of those franchises have been since the last couple of years. So, yeah. Um, the, just the fact they didn't win a single map, but obviously, you know, you only play two series and only six maps in total. So it's not a big sample size, but that just kind of stands out to me too. Um, 
you know, they didn't get a, a I don't want to say cookie-cutter matchup, but that's really the best way to describe a, a first-round matchup in the loser bracket with London, although London did uh, get a win at this one. You would think if, if Optic dropped down to play a team like London as opposed to LA Thieves that we're probably having a different conversation about Optic's uh, performance at this tournament. But, uh, yeah, just very surprising result. Obviously, got to go back uh to the lab and work on some things now heading into champs which um i don't think they'll have any problem doing that it's just gonna be a matter of figuring out i mean yeah i feel like you just gotta basically i mean it might not even be worth watching any of the vod from this tournament based on how the team feels about how they perform so uh, it might just be a case of you know completely wipe this from the memory bank and 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 start fresh heading into champs but yeah very surprising out of Optic, especially like you kind of mentioned, just based on how much we were essentially saying Optic were the best team in the game uh, heading into this tournament, and uh, they certainly proved us wrong. Uh, so Ghosty said after he tweeted after this um, the LAT series, so after they got knocked out, I uh, said GG's to Florida LAT, sickest I've been in a long time, but that's no excuse for this weekend. Gotta lock it in for champs. And Ghosty's stats for these two series so six maps you know obviously make you know bold claims based on these six maps but uh he was 0.51 hard point kd 0.43 search and destroy kd and 0.91 uh control kd which was second best on the team um uh i mean like i I don't know what to really make of it. It's kind of like when NBA players like come out after they get eliminated from the playoffs and they said they were dealing with an injury. It's like, okay, <laughs> like I I don't know what to do with this. Like I I'm not going to throw away that result like because you said you were sick or you had an injury. Um I hope he feels better. Like I'm not like, you know, being cold to him or anything, but I also just like don't know like it, he wasn't the only one that was playing poorly. If it was just him, if he was dropping like point fives and everybody else was kind of on par with you know the performances that we come to expect, then I could be like, okay, like yeah, it's it's probably just him, probably just a an isolated case. Uh, but Hook was not very good either. He had a point six one control KD, which was the lowest on the team. He had a 0.47 search KD, which was just 0.04 better than Ghosty. And uh, he had the second worst hard point, Katie, at 0.69. Um, like, it is worth mentioning, just real quick, I don't want to cut you off, but yeah. that, that is literally two maps in each of yeah, those yeah, yeah. modes. So. Exactly. But I, I just wanted to point out that it wasn't like Ghosty was kind of like the only player on Optic that had you know poor numbers. And obviously, when you lose six maps, yeah, and in, in three of those to Florida, who, you know, you know, obviously, like they they did well compared to what they've been doing, but they still got three would by Minnesota after this. They got three would by New York. Like it just it, they didn't have a great performance, um, like overall throughout this major. So it's it's very hard to kind of know what's going on in the optic camp. Like, is this all just based on an uh, an illness that Gosey says he has, or like is this actually? like something to be concerned about and i i'm on the in the side of like 
it's probably something to be a little concerned about. Maybe it, this isn't like DEFCON 1 and like, you know, the hex quarters are just like on fire. They're they're freaking out about it. But also like this was a very good chance to get the number one seed to, uh, I think most importantly, get momentum, figure out some things, play against FaZe, play against, uh, you know, they did get to play against LAT, but get play against like some of the best teams uh, in the league, get more experience against those teams, maybe figure out some maps that you haven't been able to really get as great of practice on. And they just didn't do that. Like they got beat by Florida. They got beat by LAT. Like six maps isn't a great, um, it's really like a, a waste of time to go to Toronto at that point. Like it was, you did as well as, you know, Seattle did or no, Seattle played three maps. So, you know, not as great, but um, it's just, a really poor performance and very shocking. I, I, w- I w- we wouldn't be doing this like segment or whatever. We wouldn't be talking about this the same way if this was another team. Like if this was Vegas, like we, we talked about it, uh, last major with Vegas, but it was like just disappointing because of like they had a chance to do something great, not because we thought Vegas was like a championship contender or anything. And in the same, if like Minnesota had gotten knocked out in you know, back-to-back 3-0s. Like, it wouldn't be like, oh, my God, like, what happened? Optic, I think we both expected. We literally did, like, an optic pick and a (laughs) non-optic pick for last week. We both fully expected optic to walk away from Toronto as major champions, and they just didn't even come close. And I'm, I'm very curious to see why, because the ghosty midseason pickup looked like game changing. Like, optic had been kind of like they obviously one major was it major one last season in texas but overall they've been like you know just kind of missing something they haven't been able to to get over the hump and i thought we were getting there with optic because they had gotten back-to-back seconds five and own qualifiers number one seed heading into major five and everything kind of got wiped out this weekend um you know, just really disappointing, and I'm sure the green wall feels pretty similar in that regard. Um, anything you uh, you have to say about optic before we move on? Um, no, I, I think we kind of touched on it. It's really like we we're kind of both saying it's just even though this is an 06 map count for them, and that's just literally the worst performance you could statistically have at a tournament it's just yeah. really small sample size so it's really hard to gauge um and that's kind of i think if if i was on the team i, I think that would be my mindset it's kind of just like okay we just gotta forget everything that happened at this tournament and try to move on um successfully doing that is another story entirely so it definitely will be interesting to see um how optic responds and how they bounce back at champs if they're if they are in fact able to bounce back um but kind of like i said earlier i think if you know again we don't know exactly how long karma's been helping or anything like that but let's just say uh for the sake of this segment that he had just started helping literally right before this major i am interested to see what he is able to do to try to um help the squad improve just because he's one of the best minds in competitive call of duty history so um and i think jp did a really good job 
<clears throat> holding down the fort and, you know, helping the squad continue to perform well after the whole dashy Rambo situation earlier in the season. Um, so, you know, they got the talent. They got some good minds behind the scenes helping them out. Uh, just going to be interesting to see how they're able to respond from this at the biggest tournament of the year. Um, let's talk about LAT uh, because they are obviously going to champs. They won major four, um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yep. I couldn't remember if it's major three or major four, um, but they won major four. Going to champs, they had a horrendous qualifier period. Um, I think they went one and four, uh, and obviously started in the losers bracket. They ended up obviously playing optic in the losers bracket round one, which is pretty crazy. They ended up sweeping them. Lat sweep London, which is you know obviously. Uh, we didn't even expect London to get there, so it you know is is a pretty big win. Uh, and then they lose to Toronto three zero. Uh, anything that you saw this past week about LAT and like what do you think like they built any momentum heading into champs? Uh, not necessarily because it's kind of hard to say they built momentum with what a top six finish in comparison to yeah. uh, winning the tournament before this, but. I just think it is, it's just scary how similar the the comparison between Toronto and LA Thieves is at this point now from Toronto winning Major 3, going 1-4 in the Major qualifier, Major 4 qualifiers, then they win two lower bracket round matches, I believe, to get top 6 at Major 4. LA Thieves win Major 4, go 1-5 or 1-4 in the Major 5 qualifiers, then they win two rounds to get top 6 at that Major, despite, you know, because, uh, you know, a top 6 in in a 12-team tournament isn't, like, the best placing, but it's technically in the top half, so yeah. I, don't, I don't know how you feel about it, but it is just kind of, I, I know it is purely coincidental, but it is just super strange in my head how similar those two storylines played out in terms of the teams in, in this case toronto major three lathe's major four following up their major victory in almost identical poor fashions yeah. um so that it's just it's really hard for me to because you know when we were talking about toronto it was kind of like maybe they were just struggling online and uh, something's going on with, you know, the facility and all that stuff. And then, you know, you go to LAT and it's like, oh, maybe, you know, they're, they're struggling online because they're playing uh, from the West Coast, yada, yada, all that stuff. You can try to make excuses, but I, I think both teams are just better on land end of the day. Um, and I think both teams have the potential to uh, go on a run at champs, and especially based on performance this weekend, Toronto maybe more so than Thieves, but... Um, I don't think you can count out the Thieves just based on their performance end of last season, and they did win a tournament literally a month ago. So um, definitely a weird spot to be in, um, and it's even a little more weird because the, the team that kicked Thieves out of this tournament is who they're going to face in the first round mm -hmm. of champs. Um, so plenty of film for them to study. Um, and it's a very familiar match that they literally will have had two weeks prior to meeting in the first round of champs. So, um, I'm like I said earlier, I'm really excited to see that showdown again. And I, I think whichever team does lose that could be in a position to go on another New York-esque loser bracket run at champs, depending on how the bracket shakes out. Yeah, I was going to say it's very fitting that they are together again, basically. And 
they will have the chance to knock each other into the loser's bracket at champs and, you know, maybe make a run. Um, so it's pretty fitting that we're getting to that point. Um, I don't, I don't want to just gloss over Florida and London, but I'm going to gloss over Florida and London so we can talk about um, a team that I'm very, very sad about. Uh, the Las Vegas Legion um, top eight performance. So they did get some money out of it, ten grand, if, if that's any consolation. They did get ten CDL points, um, so they, they, you know, they got something um, to to kind of. I'll hang their hat on, I guess, but uh, ultimately they needed 30 uh, CDL points at this major to uh, qualify for champs. Um, after beating the Seattle Surge, so they, they lose to Phase 3-0 in the winner's bracket, drop down the loser's bracket, they beat the Seattle Surge, giving them some hope because it had Seattle won, obviously, Seattle would have clinched their spot. Um, but with the, 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 the victory over the surge, uh, the Legion needed to finish, I believe it was the top four. Uh, they needed to basically get into losers bracket semis, if I'm not mistaken, uh, to officially confirm a spot at champs and take away Seattle's spot, uh, which had to be just like frightening for Revan and the surge that they had their shot at, you know, getting a spot just by beating Vegas but they lose the Vegas and they're like, oh my God, like if we would have to watch them win two more matches and take away our spot, like that would have been kind of heart wrenching for them. Um, it didn't end up happening. Vegas ended up losing to New York, uh, kind of unfortunate to run into the, the major champions in the losers bracket like that. But, um, I mean, they, they just didn't have it like the the vegas the online vegas is kind of a different beast than the land vegas in my opinion <laughs> like they you know they they looked fine against seattle but um they were no match for atlanta new york and just like uh, like what you said last week if you want to get to champs be one of the top eight teams like you're gonna have to beat some of these teams like you're gonna have to play some of these teams and if they had gotten top eight uh, or if they had gotten into the top eight, they probably would have been playing phase in round one of the major. Uh, if, if like I, or maybe they would have played optic, like it, it would have been a very tough round one matchup for them regardless. Um, and it just didn't happen. Uh, it was pretty, pretty gutting to see Clayster. He was obviously understandably upset. So were uh, a lot of the Legion guys. Um, but I, I, I like to, be a little more positive because we've been quite negative about Vegas for a little bit just because they've been falling short. They finished 18 and 21 on the season. Uh, that So they won 46% of their matches this season. Um, they finished 20 points behind eighth place, so 20 points away from champs. If you look at how they did last season, like there's no comparison really. They had the worst season in CDL history. So they went 18 and 21 this season. They were 2 and 23 last <laughs> season. They won 8% of their matches. Uh, and they were like, you know, it wasn't like they were together with another team. Like every other team was hovering, uh, you know, over 40% or around 50%. And they were at 8% win percentage. 
Um, the turnaround has been remarkable. It's got to be one of the biggest turnarounds in CDL history. Uh, maybe Seattle did that, like between season two and season three. I can't remember, um, but it's kind of on par with that. Obviously, without a champ's appearance, F you know, fair play to him. Like honestly, Clayster has been incredible for the organization. Temp, like it can't be overstated. I I, I keep using overstated in this pod, and it's annoying me now, but. Temp was a part of that roster last season that went 2-23. and 23. He was the best part of that roster. It was quite clear. He stayed. He They gave him another chance. He gave them another chance. And they were almost able to do something special. They actually had the same um, record as Seattle did. But the major uh, you know, placings is what pretty much uh, swung it in Seattle's favor. Um, they also had the same number of wins as Boston, but um, you know, again, still the major placings play a bigger factor in it than um, the online stuff. Uh, I'm tired of talking, but like you obviously are kind of like the flag bearer of the Vegas is winning champs crew. Uh, you're a founding member, so like uh, I kind of want to get your thoughts on what you thought of Vegas uh, this this major and kind of this season as a whole. Yeah, I, I think Vegas' winning champs curve is down bad. Um, but realistically, they I, I think Clay, for lack of better terms, um, might have said something or tweeted something similar to what I'm about to say. Um, but it was kind of along the lines of, like, they, they dug their own grave and they got a bit, they, they're going to lay in it now. Yeah. Um, so it's unfortunate results for, for fans of the franchise. But I do think, you know, there was that... Uh, breaking point survey um, that was brought up a couple weeks ago now, I think, uh, mm. talking about, you know, Vegas surprisingly being uh, in the upper half of, of fandoms and stuff. And that could be the Clayster effect, you know, longtime veteran, very yeah. popular player in his own right. Um, but regardless of all that, I, I think, you know, in comparison to last year, uh, the Paris slash Vegas franchise has to be uh, happy with the direction they're at least trending in. Um, we can go back and look at Major Four as just a missed opportunity uh, for Vegas this year. We can also look, I'm, I'm pretty sure you mentioned it in the past, like their record against the other teams that weren't at champs, like the bottom four was just really bad. Um, so I think that's the best way to really analyze this is, yeah, it would have been such a cool storyline if, if they were able to go on this uh, loser bracket run here to try and, and get that final champs at spot. But, um, you know, they, they had their opportunities all throughout the season. They just weren't able to capitalize on them at the end of the day. And, I mean, you even look, even if they somehow did beat New York, which, like you said, they beat them in the qualifiers online, um, if they were able to get through them, I uh, hear they have a match against Florida, and like I was just saying, like they, I don't think they had a great record against Florida this year. Mm. Um, so that's a, a tougher match than you would probably expect. Maybe momentum is on their side though. After a win against New York, who knows? End of the day, it doesn't it didn't happen now, so uh, it doesn't really matter. But yeah, you know, they, Vegas had opportunities, and they put themselves in a position to. Uh, potentially make champs and it just didn't work out so uh, definitely going to be interesting to see what they do in the offseason um, would be really cool obviously I am now now with skunk gone dreading the day that uh, Clay retires a little bit more so um, I, I'm hopeful that that isn't news we get in this offseason mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure if Vegas will want to keep him 
or you know what Vegas will do because it always seems like we don't really know uh, what Vegas is doing in the offseason until the very last minute. So it uh, could be an interesting one. Um, but I think like I, I think the best way to look at it is yeah there were some missed opportunities but it's definitely for for a franchise perspective it is, um, it it is marked improvement here for for the squad you know as a Browns fan yourself you know rooting for a team that has the worst record in the league and then just a couple of years ago beating the Steelers in the first round of the playoffs that like, was my obviously. Super Bowl so <laughs> so yeah the, the the Vegas didn't get there yet with uh, so maybe next year they get a first round win at champs or actually making champs would would be. Uh, a big win for the Vegas winning champs crew, but yeah, we're, we're just going to have to see how the off season shakes out for them now. And, uh, would be interesting. I think clay tweeted, like he's going to take a couple days off and mm-hmm. potentially turn the stream on for like Diablo four or something. Yeah. Uh, I would be interested to see how watch parties do on, on his stream just cause he's so popular. Um, I don't think he would have scump or Zuma numbers, but if you know, you told me he was third behind those two for, for watch party numbers, I, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised. Um, the bigger thing there is if we're in a world now where potentially he does do a watch party for champs and it is very successful, does that sway his decision in terms of whether he continues to compete or if he retires? I don't know. Um, but that'll definitely be something interesting to watch and potentially for us to talk about uh, in the coming months. Yeah, he, he he said that he would take a little bit of time. Obviously, it's the off season for him now, so like he he's kind of afforded a little bit of time, especially as the you know champs happens and the season finishes up. Um, but I know that he said he's been dealing with a lot, obviously this year, like his the death yeah. of his sister, and like you know even just within the game and you know within the CDL, like to be kind of like an underdog and always be chasing you know, eighth place chasing a champ spot this entire season, that's got to be really draining. Um, You know, obviously this isn't like a physical sport or anything, but mentally I'm sure it wears on you to like have all those ups and downs. Obviously the majors have been, you know, very disappointing for them. Um, And that's, you know, you know, you, you need some time away to kind of get your, your breath back essentially, you know, to, you know, catch your breath and and figure out what your next move is. Um, I did want to say uh, I I tweeted it and uh, you know it's kind of like plunging the knife into uh, Vegas fans, but there are two instances that I think like obviously they needed two more mat a match wins to get into champs, and they had perfect opportunities uh, at least two off the top of my head. Um, they played Florida at Major Four in the losers bracket. They went to Game Five. They went to Round Eleven after being up five two against the Mutineers in that search. And they lost game five, round 11, got knocked out, zero points at that major. And then in the major five qualifiers, I I think it was maybe their first match of the qualifiers. They were up 2-1 in the series against Optic. Obviously, uh, the team that had just finished second, uh, 5-0 in the previous qualifiers. Uh, They lose the uh, second hard point in that series. They lose game five, round 11 to Optic, and that is pretty much their season. Those two missed opportunities um, kind of, uh, you know, are are gigantic in hindsight, obviously, uh, for Vegas. But um, on a positive note, like what you said, this is an improvement, and Vegas or the the Legion franchise needed improvement. Uh, I think the Browns comparison is very... Uh, apt obviously because the Browns went whatever 0 and 16 in 2016 something like that um and then 
They won, I think, like four or five games the next year. They ended up going to the playoffs, beating the Steelers. Again, like I said, that's like my Super Bowl because I don't remember a Browns playoff game. I know they did when I was like younger, but I don't remember ever watching a Browns playoff game. So seeing that was incredible. Obviously, a little bit different now with the Browns. Like it's kind of hit or miss what's going to happen. Um, but I think it's important for these franchises and not just for Vegas. We saw it with Seattle. It's important to take these steps. Like you can't just go from, you know, bot, you know, the, the seller dweller, basically you can't go from the worst team in the league to the best team in the league. Like it's very rare to do that. Um, so, you know, you're going to have to go from worst team in the league to the ninth, you know, team in the league, or, you know, obviously it would have been nice to be the eighth, but you get to ninth years, very close Next year, maybe you'll get a champ spot. That is another improvement, and you kind of build off of that. So at least there is some foundation for Vegas. Um, you know, maybe they keep Standy. Obviously, he didn't have a ton of time with this this Legion lineup, but uh, definitely an overall good season for the Legion despite uh, missing champs and you know being a disappointing end. Um, I don't want to keep you know harping on anything. So like. Uh, we'll probably run through some of these other teams. Um, Boston, not a great, <laughs> not a, I mean, like we should probably just mention that they are trying to pick up someone heading into champs. Snoopy uh, is his name. He's a, a challengers player with the Boston Academy team. I, there are questions about like how they would do this considering the rosters were locked um, or so we thought, I guess, heading into Major 5. Um, their uh, report, uh, according to the rotation on Twitter, that they're uh, trying to replace Vivid with Snoopy, uh, who Snoopy's like an 18-year-old Mexican player, and I guess he's you know really, really good um, playing on the, the Breach Academy roster. Um, I don't know how they're going to do this. Like I don't really have any details. I, I'm very interested to see what happens. Because this seems like this shouldn't be allowed to happen. I I personally think it you're like whatever roster you play with at major five, that's the exact same roster you should have to play with at champs. Just as like a, a personal thing, like you know, if there's like a, a sickness, an illness, or whatever, and you know that one of the players can't play, yeah, like let them have an emergency substitute. But I'm like I'm personally not okay with Vivid getting dropped you know after finishing the regular season like going into champs i think that's that's kind of scummy um i understand why boston would do it because if they think snoopy is an upgrade like you gotta they were really bad like the fact that they lost to london at this majors like you know like that was that was horrible for them um i don't think you saw the snoopy stuff so i i, I you obviously uh aren't a you know big like you know an avid viewer of challengers um, but if you have any thoughts on that, or we could just kind of wrap up, obviously we, we didn't really talk about London. Congrats to them. They, they won a match at the, the last tournament of the season. Like that's, that's awesome for them. Like unironically, um, the fans were very happy. I believe it was Brycey and, and Tun on the call for that, for that match. So, you know, the, the two English broadcasters also got to cast, uh, London's final win of the season. Uh, Seattle, obviously horrible, 3-0 against Vegas, but they got the champ spot, so that's really all that mattered. LAG, at least it's over. Like you know, that's that's probably the bright side. It it's 
been a horrific season and I I don't envy those players like they probably dealt with a lot of crap this season with all of the behind the scenes like the you know the organization kind of collapsing mid-season and 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 everything that happened with that so um you know nothing I'm not going to say anything bad about those guys like just this season was pretty bad and I'm sure they're glad that it's over and they could kind of move on and put this in the rear view any thoughts on like uh Boston, London, Seattle, LAG as we kind of wrap up the show yeah, just real quick, I, I think that Boston stuff is interesting. Obviously, we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. Um, I, I kind of made a joke before today, a couple days ago, that you know after Boston's performance, it would have been ultimate storyline things if uh, they decided to bring in Doug for uh, a champs run, and then they win champs, and Doug gets his ring, and uh, that that's maximum storyline potential right there. But uh, yeah. obviously, a change... I, I wasn't actually thinking they were going to make a change, so it will be interesting to see how that shakes up. Um, I don't think he's been playing for that long in, in Challengers. I'm pretty sure he was like a more recent pickup for yeah, Boston, like but I, I, I know Doug has kind of been singing his praises, so it'll be interesting to see how it works out if that move does come to fruition, but it just feels like there's like a roster carousel right now of uh, on Boston over the last couple of months. Um for London, like you said, not really much to talk about. It was cool. Uh, Asim is from Canada, I believe, so mm -hmm. uh, he got the win in front of his his family and stuff. So that was pretty neat. Um, but not much else to say there. LAG, kind of like you said, potentially is this the last time we ever see LAG competing in the C CDL? Is it going to be a rebrand of, of a franchise sale? We don't really know. Is where it's mentioning Denver Nuggets, owned by Kroenke, uh, is in the uh, NBA Finals now. If, if they win the NBA Finals, does that change any decisions potentially yeah. being made on the esports side of things? I don't really think so, but uh, we don't actually know. Like, they've never been an official statement on those potential changes they're selling, so... Weird spot. Could potentially be the last time we ever see LAG in the CDL, though. And Seattle, really surprising, just considering, you know, we've talked about the roller coaster seesaw, all the analogies for uh, Seattle over the last couple of years now. Um, I, I think the one stat that was pretty surprising to me... Um, Oh yeah, breaking point. According to breaking point, Seattle is one in eight in round eleven this year. Um, if you really think about it, there were a ton of moments in my head that uh, you know I go back to in the Vanguard year where obviously Seattle won. Um, they won the tournament. I think they got third at champs last year, if I remember correctly. They they, they were so, yeah. consistently getting top placings regardless. And you know they did have, like we said, roller coaster seesaw, some downward slopes. But um, I feel like last year there were a lot of you know Iceman accuracy moments in Search and Destroy, especially Ninja Diffuses. And I I can remember Brian State uh, Brian Saint tweeting the like. Uh, Jesse Pinkman gift from Breaking Bad, like you can't keep getting away with this, and mm. you know they're obviously they're one and eight in round eleven this year. We really haven't seen those moments uh, out of accuracy and Seattle as a whole. So um, the one and eight is a little deceit. Well, I can't really say a little deceiving, but it always <laughs> just in my head I, I think about Seattle in round eleven, uh, the the round eleven against Phase where uh, on Embassy Simp gets the two piece and the two v three, um, and that that could completely change the narrative of potentially both teams, their momentum, all that stuff. But it just went Phase's way in that round. But obviously, if you have a one and one and eight record, that that one round eleven isn't changing much if if it was two and seven potentially. But um, yeah, I I think Seattle has to be. Um, 
just based on the talent on that roster to be in a position where you get first rounded at this tournament and then have to have your fate of potentially either your season being over or you continue playing being in another team's hands, um, that has to feel weird for them just with how good that squad can be. Um, and I feel like it has to be a wake-up call for them to you know try and go hard for this the, this last tournament, not saying they weren't going hard or anything like that. Um, but they have a tough first-round matchup. They've played phase really tough this year and in years prior. So uh, who knows when all the chips are on the table, how it plays out. But uh, obviously they didn't do themselves any favors with uh, their performance at this major. So um, I guess we're either going to see if the, if this is the seesaw going back up or the roller coaster going back up or if uh, they're, they're crashing to end the season here. Yeah. Um, really bad half the back half of the season for them. They, you know, got second at, major one and just have been kind of downhill from there like you know they kind of spiked up a little bit but um it's just been really bad obviously we talked about the pred stuff like how optic wanted to to buy him out or you know get him on their roster somehow uh earlier this season and um there was like a lot of debate about like whether they should or should not do that and kind of you know uh, not scrap the season but kind of push aside some of their championship ambitions um and now it looks like you know, not impossible, obviously, because they made champs, but it looks very improbable that they will win a championship. And, um, I, I mean, Optic's probably a little bit happy that it didn't work out because it, it's been pretty good for them, um, aside from this past weekend. Uh, but it's, it's interesting how, uh, that was a story. And, um, now Seattle or, you know, facing phase, which, uh, they they've been able to beat Phase more often than a lot of other teams in the CDO over the past few years, but uh, it feels a lot different now heading into Champs uh, this time around. Um, but yeah, that does it for Major Five. Uh, I'll you know just quickly go through the standings so we can kind of get a, an overview as we end the regular season. This is the last regular season pod we will um, discuss. Uh, you know, obviously Champs next week and and kind of. Or maybe not. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing. Just don't don't hold me to anything. But um, we are kind of entering champ season and and the most important tournament of the year. Um, the 2023 CDL season standings are as follows: uh, Atlanta Phase at one, uh, Optic Texas at two, New York Subliners at three, Toronto Ultra at four, LAT at five, Minnesota six, Boston seven, uh, Seattle Surge eight. The Las Vegas Legion at 9, Florida Mutineers 10, LAG 11, and at 12th place, the London Royal Ravens. Obviously, the top 8 going to champs, the bottom 4, their season is over. Uh, they can start their offseason, um, kind of go to Cancun as as is the NBA meme. Um, I don't know if uh, the COD players do that as much, but um they could they could go to cancun if they want um the pick'em records it really tightened up this weekend um i think it was new york uh i picked new york in the, the grand finals which really helped um and i think there were a few other maybe minnesota i picked over florida but you know it's and i did not believe in the vegas's winning champ stuff i was i was actually kind of trying to reverse jinx them a little bit but um it also felt you know, kind of hopeless a little bit as well. Um, but yeah, I am just one match back from you in the pick'em. Uh, you went 10 and 8 at major five. I went 13 and 5. 
Uh, so you are 127 and 89 for the season. I'm 126 and 90. So it will come down to champs. Um, I will have to pick uh, at least at least one if if we tied. But um, we'll have to have some differing picks at some point, and I'm sure we will uh, naturally uh, at the final event of the year. Um, but it's it's been a fun regular season. Um, it's kind of flown by at times. Uh, it's very weird that we are literally not even into June yet, and we're <laughs> like, yep, it's champs time. We're, we're ready to talk about champs. Um, but it, it's coming up, and uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Um, I'm not sure what the, the plan is for how we deal with this because next week is an off week. Um, there's nothing to really talk about and then, uh, or there's a lot to talk about, but you know, there's no matches or anything. Uh, and then the following week is when champ starts. Um, we're, we're going to do two episodes. We're going to do, you know, uh, episodes each week. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out what the best idea is for like how to, to break it up. Um, I, I don't remember what we did last season because, you know, I'm I'm still COVID brain like three years in, and I'm still it, it's it's hard to even remember what I had for lunch today. So I'm not gonna try to think about what what we did for content uh, last year around this time. Um, but we'll figure it out. Tune back, uh, tune in next week. We will definitely be here and talking about COD and in some shape or form. Maybe we'll have some clear picture of what Boston's doing with their roster and. I mean, if you're going to make roster change, have have Doug go to Optic. Maybe he can turn the thing around and lead them to a championship, which would, I mean, Crim6 would be losing his mind at that point, um, just watching Doug win a world title with Optic. Um, but uh, yeah, that does it for us. Um, unless Bink has anything else, uh, make sure to subscribe, like, uh, follow the podcast feed, wherever you're listening or watching on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, youtube again thank you guys so much for the support um that we've been seeing like across many platforms but specifically youtube it's been very wild to see how much the channel has been kind of you know relatively popping off for us um when we're not really you know trying to you know we're not the flank we're not any of those uh, but it's been incredible that you guys have been supporting us as much as you have been. Uh, make sure you go to five star rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, follow us on Twitter at jbank with two Ks at Prez Buyers Podcast Twitter's at Egochild Podcast. Uh, and like I said, we'll be back next week um, to talk about something uh, you know Call of Duty related, and um, maybe it'll be a shorter show uh, than usual. But um, yeah, champs. We're in we're in champs mode at the moment, and uh, that's kind of our only focus as we uh, close in on the end of the season. Um, but yeah, that does it for me. Bing, take it away. Yeah, I uh, I promised a, a brief champs preview in in my tweet. So just to you know set the stage a little bit for potentially our next show, uh, the bracket is as follows: the one versus eight matchup is Phase versus Surge. Four versus five is Ultra versus Thieves. Uh, Two versus seven is Optic versus Boston, and then three versus six is New York, uh, Minnesota. Um, so that's you know, Phase, Surge, Ultra Thieves in the top half of the bracket, Optic, Boston, New York, Rocker in the lower half. Um, obviously, it's only an 18 bracket, it is double OM. Um, 
But yeah, just wanted to throw those matchups out there. We've already talked about uh, some of them indirectly, especially Ultra versus Thieves, and then kind of previewed uh, FaZe versus Seattle a little bit, just talking about the history there. Um, but it is interesting if, if Boston does decide to make some type of move, uh, potentially Snoopy's uh, first CDL matchup is against Optic at Champs. You, you kind of, you know, even if Optic is coming off a... a dismal performance at major five that's kind of like potentially the toughest on matchup on paper matchup you can have for your cdl debut so uh will be interesting to see how it all shakes out i guess we'll talk to you guys uh more next week potentially on that if there's any news over the next you know couple days all that good stuff so uh yeah like preston said that we'll we'll get more into champs next week uh just a little preview there um but uh, with the major five stuff hope you guys enjoyed that tournament really exciting one obviously highlighted all that stuff if you weren't able to watch it uh and if, if you weren't probably go back and watch potentially the new york and toronto matchups and the grand finals were all pretty good matchups so um till next time thank you guys as always for the support and tuning in and remember to send the chow